Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of the Believe in Minnesota Football podcast, hosted by me, Tony Liebert. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Tony Liebert and Instagram and TikTok at Tony underscore Liebert. For uh, today's episode, we got plenty to talk about. The Gophers' longtime defensive coordinator, Joe Rossi, has accepted the same position at Michigan State. The Gophers were very active in the transfer portal over the weekend, adding four new players. FIU transfer defensive tackle Jordan Gerard. Um, we got Bucknell transfer cornerback Ethan Robinson, Navarro Junior College edge defender Eddie Toussaint, and Indiana transfer running back Brent Howland. So we're going to break all those down, what it means for the Gophers roster immediately, and more importantly, what I believe they should do, what I believe they will do at the defensive coordinator position. So off the top, we're going to start at the defensive coordinator position because that impacts this team the most immediately. Um, obviously, a very crazy Sunday to get four new transfers and your defensive coordinator leaves all in the same day. But I think it's pretty clear over the past five years now with uh, P.J. Fleck as the head coach um, in this modern college football landscape. The Gophers have now shown they have the ability to be a successful program. Um, the level of success is obviously something that people are going to continue to talk about and analyze. Um, but the way that Minnesota's football program is designed right now, today, December 11, 2023, it's going to continue happening where you have offensive and defense coordinators get poached from bigger programs because Minnesota does not have the resource commitment-like programs like Penn State, Michigan State, and... So things like this are going to continue to happen. I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. It's just a thing that will happen. And that's why Minnesota has a ceiling as a program. And that's why these coordinators want to go on to different things. Because when you have a ceiling as a program, you have a ceiling as a coach at that program. Um. There's no reason why 10 years from now, Minnesota's NIL collective can't be bigger and we're able to keep coaches like this. Um, and it is improving, and it was never going to be something that happened overnight. Um, the struggles of this program, obviously, from the uh, time that they won their last national championship to, to the last 10 years, put them in a whole very deep compared to the rest of the Big Ten. There's no go for saying you obviously understand this, and I don't need to rehash that, but getting back to the level of competing for Rose Bowls and conference championships were never going to happen in five years, 10 years, probably even 20 years. Um, it is a 
long, long process to break through into college football's elite, especially when you don't have the uh, booster pool that some of these schools do. So um, just getting off that, that's why Joe Rossi left. Um, People will say, oh, it's a lateral move, blah, blah, blah. Uh, It's all money-based. And yeah, it's probably, I'd say, 70% money-based. But money rules the world, and as we see with NIL, players transferring, now coaches leaving, money's always going to play a factor. It's very naive to say Joe Rossi left because of anything but money. But um, I do think there's a little bit of of something else in play because... Joe Rossi's a smart guy. He knows if the Gophers go seven and five next year, six and six next year, AJ Flex seats is still going to be a little warm. Um, and if it's anything less than that, his seat's going to be red hot. So if they clean house there, he, basically he doesn't have that much job security right now at Minnesota. This time next year, he could be out of a job. This time next year, he's not going to be out of a job at Michigan State. I'll tell you that. So for that reason alone is why the opportunity at Michigan State was a lot. And even recently in the last decade and a half, Matt Narduzzi was there for a long time under Mark D'Antonio. And he was well-respected for seven years. He was uh, compensated financially like one of the best defensive coordinators in the country. And then he immediately got a power five head coaching job. So I have not talked to Joe Rossi and I um, don't know what his thought process is, but maybe he knows it's virtually impossible for him to get a direct power five job from leaving the Gophers. And maybe he doesn't want to coach at a level like the MAC, like Conference USA, or the Sun Belt. And those are the jobs that he would get promoted to if he continued having success at Minnesota. We all know he's a very good defensive coordinator. There's a reason why Michigan State went out and got him. And Michigan State's program, resource-wise, has shown a substantially higher commitment to competing at a championship level. They've won two Big Ten championships, or three since 2010. We all know the Gophers haven't won any in half a century. Um, And that has to mean something. And Michigan State is a program that offers more than Minnesota. And that's okay. It's just stuff like this is going to continue to happen. It's not a lateral move. It is essentially a promotion because... There are roughly 20 to 25 programs in the country that have the financial desire to compete at a championship level, in my opinion. Michigan State is one of those programs where, I mean, they're going to probably have to pay Mel Tucker like $90 million in that buyout. I, that's obviously a, a whole spectacle in itself. But um, Michigan State has the money and desire to win Big Ten championships. I don't Minnesota's not there right now. Um their athletic department has the desire to be competitive. And there's a difference. Yeah. Having a coordinator job at one of those schools that have the desire to compete at a championship level means more eyeballs will be on you. You can recruit at a higher level. You get better players. You're a better team. You can uh 
They played in the college football playoff. They're a better program than Minnesota, a better job than Minnesota. So, in my opinion, it's not a lateral move. Um, And that's okay. That's just where Minnesota football is right now. And if we want this to not be considered a lateral move, it's going to take a long time to get on the same level as a program like a Michigan State. And the biggest difference is the finances. Uh, I've seen a rumored to a 300 to 350K uh, raise increase, which would not shock me at all. And that's probably roughly a 25 to 30% raise on Joe Rossi's current contract. So in my opinion, that fact makes it not lateral. So it's okay that he left. It's not the end of the world. It was one of PJ Flex's most important hires to bring him in. Now it's going to be one of his most important hires to find his replacement. When you're at a program like Minnesota, when you're at any program in college, it's going to be really, really important to hire good coordinators because you're going to lose coordinators. Nick Saban does, Kirby Smart does, uh, Dabo Swinney does. They all do. And Minnesota is obviously no different. So um, it's going to be interesting now for the Gophers where they go. This is now the second time, really the third time in the last five years, the Gophers have lost a coordinator within conference. They lost uh, Kirk Shiraka after the 2019 season of Penn State, we all know. He comes back. We lose him last offseason to Rutgers. Um, the Rutgers one, I don't – I think it was kind of more of a mutual um, parting of ways last offseason. So I, I wouldn't classify the Rutgers one as much – in uh, him leaving for Penn State or Jurassic leaving for Michigan State. But nevertheless, now it's the third time it's happened. So um, it'll be interesting as the Gophers continue to improve their NIL, as Mark Coyle goes to a really interesting time period now as athletic director. If with the current regime, this is going to keep happening if you have success on either side of the ball because the Gophers – Pockets are not as deep to compete with these schools. And if you get a 30% increase at any salary increase at any job, people would be pretty dumb to not take that. So where do the Gophers go from here? Uh, it happens, so now it's time to move on. Um, I, I've seen a lot of names floated around. Jim Leonard's not going to be the Gophers defensive coordinator. Um, I'll tell you that right now. Big reason is the pockets, because let's say – Joe Rossi was making about a million dollars annually. Um, and he had about a 300 to 350K buyout. Um, and the rumor is that the Michigan State bought him out. This is all very best case scenario. So let's just say that. Let's say the Gophers have 1.3 million to work with. Jim Leonard's a guy right now that. And it's looking to break back into the coaching ranks, obviously. But where even is he? Let's do some research here. <laughs> Didn't come really prepared, but um yeah, he's still at Illinois as a senior football analyst. So he's looking for kind of that coordinator role, uh, what they should do. He was kind of rumored to go to USC. They filled that in. I just not going to happen at Minnesota. I don't even know why I'm talking about that. Don't get your hopes up. Not going to happen. I obviously would be home run, but 
I just don't think the Gophers would do that. Uh, well, I don't know if going to try, but I don't think Jim Leonard would do that. So, uh, there are a couple other unrealistic options I could throw out there, like... Uh, Um, what's I'm blanking on his name here? Sorry, I'm not real. Nick Rallis, the former Gophers, uh, def, uh, player himself, who's the Cardinals' de- defensive coordinator. So, uh, those two are two that I've seen a couple times, but neither one of them are going to come here. Just thought I'd throw that out there. So, some realistic options that I could see them going after. Um, I think the most realistic, and I would say I'd give it roughly a 50% chance of happening, maybe even a little higher would be uh, Nick Monroe, their current co-defensive coordinator and cornerbacks coach, um, getting promoted to the main defensive coordinator role. And Peter Fleck obviously likes to have co-DCs, so if that happens, I could see their safety coach, Danny Collins, or maybe even uh, their defensive line coach, Winston uh, DeLatz-Badere, getting promoted. But kind of how Greg Harbaugh is their... 1A to Matt Simons, 1B. Nick Monroe would be kind of their guy because, I mean, he technically was the co-DC, but we all know Joe Rossi was the main guy. So that would be a promotion for him, even though might not say it on his title, uh, but that's the easily the most likely scenario happening. It's uh, the Gophers promoting within because that's something P.J. Fleck likes to do. Um, the Last time he got a coordinator from somewhere else would would have been Kirk Sharaka, even though it just came back. Uh, and then before that would have been Mike Sanford Jr. But uh, yeah, I could see Monroe getting promoted. Seems like he's a very well respected guy that uh, PDF like trusts, and it would be a very quick and easy thing to do. But outside of that, some other guys they could go after: Seth Wallace, who is a very well respected. Uh, guy on the Iowa staff, the linebacker coach. He's currently the assistant Iowa defensive coordinator along with Phil Parker being the number one guy. Um, I could see him going after him, maybe. Obviously within the Big Ten. Uh, could make some sense there. And he's pretty young. Um, and another one is uh, Spencer Nowinski, Iowa defensive coordinator who has some Minnesota ties. He was a former player at Minnesota State Mankato, and uh, I could see that making some sense. And a few other names that have floated around, Chad Wiltz, former defensive line coach with the Gophers, who was the uh, Indiana defensive coordinator the last two years, who got let go while Tom Allen got let go, the head coach there. So Wilt was not retained. Maybe PJ Fleck brings him back. Um, and uh, Joe Harris Miak, who's the current DC at Rutgers, uh, obviously was the co DC for the Gophers a few years ago. Don't think again, that's I don't think that's really realistic. Um, that would really be a lateral move, in my opinion, because uh, he is an East Coast guy, so he probably thinks Rutgers is a better uh job for him, I guess. And it would probably be a pretty similar financial compensation. So I don't think that'll happen. So my best advice to go for sense would not to be to not get your hopes. Up. I've kind of talked about that before a lot of games this year. Uh that you want to have good expectations because you're just bound to get let down with Minnesota sports if you set your expectations too high. So 
don't think that they're going to go hire Jim Leonard or Nick Rallis. That's just not going to happen. Either one of those would obviously be tremendous next-level hires that would help this program not take a step back defensively. But Nick Monroe is the most likely scenario. I, I would not expect too much out of this hire. Um, as the Gophers have shown, they don't have many deep pockets when it comes to making splash hires at the coordinator positions. Um, I I would I think the splashiest realistic hire would be hiring Winston Bilatsbader. Um, he's a really good coach. He's going to only get better. Um, there might be a few ups and downs in that situation, but you got to take risks when you're at Minnesota. Because to close the margins to becoming a program like Michigan State, you need to take risks. Because playing it safe has gotten you to being 5-7 and seven this year and being in a bowl game against Bowling Green. Taking risks is how you take the next step as a program. And that would be a risk I personally would be willing to take. But I don't think they will. I think he's probably a year away from making a jump like that. He's only now been a position coach at a Power 5 level for one year. So um, that would be very un, uh, uncharacteristic for P.J. Fleck to do that. So I, I don't think that'll happen. But uh, like I said, Monroe makes sense. Uh, Spencer Nowinski from Ohio would be an interesting guy. Seth Wallace from Iowa would be my top three uh, likely scenarios. I think promoting within is probably the most likely one. Uh, Danny Collins is another guy that I know PJ Flex really likes, who's been their safety coach for the last two years. He replaced uh, Harris Miak. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting because the early national signing day is inching closer and closer at the end of December. And I would expect them to do this rather quick, quickly. And yeah, like if I was the PJ Fleck, I would go get Winston the Latchman there. I, I don't think it's going to happen, but that's kind of the realistic splash thing you could do here. Players love him. It would make sense. I think the players love Nick Monroe too. So don't be disappointed if they just promote Nick Monroe within. Um, and any. Like, that should be your expectation. That's my expectation. And anything else could be interesting. And hopefully in a week or two here, I'm talking about someone else because uh, new is fun. And uh, if they go out and get someone new that I didn't mention, that would be very cool. So um, it'll be interesting. Like I said, I expect them to kind of do it sooner rather than later because it would make more sense. But um, big move for PJ Fleck. We all know the the seat's warming up a little bit, and the defense took a step back last year. So uh, the Gophers homers might be like, oh, yeah, Joe Rossi was overrated, but he, he is a very good defensive coordinator. There's a reason why Jonathan Smith and Michigan State hired him. So uh, it is a tough loss, uh, but it doesn't mean their defense has to stink next year. And for a uh, major reason, I don't think they will stink next year is because of what they've done in the transfer portal. They added four players from the transfer portal yesterday, bringing their total to five for the season. 
Uh, the first guy on Sunday was FIU transfer. I should have looked up how to pronounce his name. I still don't know, but I think it's Jordan Gerard or Jordan. Yeah, I think Gerard or Wayard. So I'm learning with you. This is very unprofessional of me. I easily could have just looked up how to pronounce his name, but I don't know. Um, He's a very talented player. He was all-conference last year, uh, Conference USA first team. And uh, he's now the most experienced interior defensive lineman on the Gophers roster. Uh, on three sports ranked him as the number four defensive lineman in the entire transfer portal and the 46th best overall player. He had a lot of offers from South Carolina, Kansas State, Louisville. A lot of high-level schools wanted him. So very talented player who um, I will contribute right away, and I think he'll start alongside Devin Eastern week one. Um, I think Gerard might be their number one defensive tackle. But he played right away as a true freshman. He earned a 51.2 PFF grade. Uh, grew up in Florida near Tampa Bay, so him staying home at FIU in the Miami area made sense. He had offers from FIU, UAB, and Tennessee State coming out, so he stayed home at FIU. Like I said, 51.2 PFF grade as a true freshman and 112 total snaps. And then following his true freshman year, FIU fired uh, Butch Davis, and they brought in former Colorado head coach Mike McIntyre, and uh, his role grew. He had a 77.9 PFF grade as a true sophomore in 592 total snaps, and then an 83.3 PFF grade as a true junior last year, and he just looked like a great run stop in defensive tackle. Um, he had an 83.3 run defense grade last year, 76.5 pass grade. Um, and his best game of the year was against the best team that FIU played. He had a 92.7 PFF grade against Liberty, who's set to play Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl. Three pressures and three tackles in that game uh, last year. So Minnesota's losing Kyler Baugh, ran out of eligibility. Uh, will try his luck in the NFL draft, and I think Gerard is just as good as Kyler Baugh, if not an improvement at that position. So um, a big add when it comes to uh, their interior because uh, that was a very inconsistent position last year. Devin Eastern will hopefully only get better. You got Darnell Jeffries returning, who is applying for a medical uh, red shirt, and you got Logan Richter, at, with some depth, and then you got redshirt freshman Martin Owusu and true freshman Riley Sunram on the on there. As some young players as well, throwing Luther McCoy, and um, they got some talent. And I mentioned obviously Winston Delatsbader earlier. He's a very good coach. He's got some talent to work with on the D line now. And uh, I think uh, adding a player like Gerard gives them the chance to improve that unit next year so uh after that the gophers stayed on the defensive end of the ball and they added bucknell transfer cornerback ethan robinson he played high school football in new rochelle new york one of the suburbs near the new york city area he attended uh iona prep 
which is the same high school as Gophers 2024 uh, defensive line commit Jalen Hicks. So uh, there's a little connection there. I'm assuming that uh, Hicks spoke with Ethan Robinson. Maybe Robinson spoke with Hicks. Uh, obviously, PJ Flex spoken with that coaching staff at that high school before, so maybe that made it a little easier. But um, on three sports ranks him as the number 11 overall cornerback and number 93 overall player in the transfer portal. He had pl- he had higher level offers than uh, the FIU defensive tackle. He- Robinson had offers to Arkansas, Auburn, USC, NC State, Cincinnati, plenty of high-level schools. Uh, last year at Bucknell, he had a really impressive year. His best game of the year was week one versus James Madison, where he had a career high, um, 80.4 PFF grade. He was targeted six times, only one catch for seven yards. He had two INTs and two pass breakups in that game. And uh, he also returned 31 punts in his career at Bucknell. So that'll be an interesting to look at thing to look out for. The Gophers kind of struggled in the punt returning aspect of the past few years. But they brought in a couple transfers now that um, are punt returners that they really haven't used. So uh, they get more creative in that area, but that's something worth mentioning. Uh, I think... Robinson now has the inside track to be the cornerback two alongside Justin Wally. Lost Trayvon Jones, who ran out of eligibility there. So now it will really be a in the offseason now heading into the year, a competition between Ethan Robinson, uh Georgia Southern transfer Tyler Bride, who came in last year, but he only played about 50 snaps. He was out-snapped by redshirt sophomore Tariq Watson. So um, if I had to guess, I would put Wally 1, Robinson 2, Tariq Watson 3, and Tyler Bride 4. But that's a really solid group of cornerbacks. Um, Losing Trayvon Jones, who kind of had an up-and-down year from the FCS ranks he transferred in last year. Um, I much like uh, adding the FIU defensive tackle, I think Robinson has a chance to be just as good as Tyler Bride, if not better. So um, it comes down to coaching and player development now. If Tariq Watson and Robinson can combine to be an improvement over their cornerback two position last year or uh, what will happen there. But nevertheless, I still think it's a really good add that gives you a chance to improve that defense next year. Um, next on the list is um, Navarro College, uh, junior college, edge transfer, not a transfer, uh, edge graduate. He graduated from Navarro College. Eddie Tusum, Um he will uh, play at the edge position for the Gophers, even though he was more of an outside linebacker roaming guy last year at Navarro College. Very raw player. Um, he is six foot four, two hundred forty pounds. Navarro College is in uh, Texas, and Eddie grew up in Texas as well, Waller, Texas, small suburb outside of Houston. And he had a quite the unique journey, like most junior college guys do. Uh, six foot, two hundred pounds, his senior year of high school, and he played safety. So um, he obviously didn't receive the interest he would have liked outside of. High school, so he went the JUCO route, went to Navarro College, 
in Corsicana, Texas. I believe that's how you say that. Um, and then he grew up to 6'4", 240. And he led his team with 15 tackles for loss, eight sacks, and 57 total tackles, and earned second-team all-conference honors last year. He had um, about 18 Division One offers, most notably from uh, Jerry Kill in New Mexico State. Coastal Carolina was in there, and UAB was in there. But the Gophers were his only Power 5 offer. And junior college players are interesting. This is now only the fifth junior college player that the Gophers have added. And the first, I believe, since 2019 or 2020. Keontae Shad is probably the only person on this list, minus one other guy that I'll get to. But uh, that Gophers fans probably remember. He played a lot um, one season, and then he transferred to Oregon State. But uh, Kev, he was from Ellsworth Community College in Iowa, anywhere in the Midwest, probably. Uh, I feel like I always drive through Ellsworth when I'm road tripping in the Midwest. But um, outside of that, there was Kelvin Clemens, a cornerback from Hutchinson Community, Community College, who only played, I think, he didn't play a single game, and I don't think he even made it to – I think he transferred after the winter and, like, before the spring. He transferred to Houston. Uh, Vic Viramontes, the guy who was supposed to be P.J. Fleck's first quarterback, that did not pan out. He transferred to UNLV, played linebacker there. but from So this is now his fourth guy. Jason Dixon was – or this is the fifth guy. Jason Dixon was the fourth guy from – uh, Diablo Valley College, I believe he was in the first recruiting class, too. He only played 12 career snaps for the Gophers, so this would be their fifth. VA Flex 2 of 4 for guys playing uh, for Minnesota, and really 1 of 4 for guys having a real role. So, um, there's no reason Eddie Tucson can't be a contributor. But the Gophers are now returning, like uh, Jalen Logan Redding, John Joyner, Danny Strigow, Anthony Smith. So if all things went to plan, Tucson would be the fifth pass rusher there. And obviously the Gophers use five pass rushers, so there's no reason why he can't contribute and have a role next year. But he's a raw guy. He needs to develop when it comes to pure pass rush moves. Um, so he has two years of eligibility left. I think he can work to a position where he's contributing there, but I don't think he's going to be a day one guy. Um, but clearly the Gophers saw something they like out of him, and uh, he'll be an interesting guy to watch develop with the Latipadere under his tutelage. And then the last transfer I want to touch on here, Gophers added Indiana running back Trent Howland. Really interesting guy. I really like their uh decision to go after him. Um six foot three, two hundred and forty pounds, got like a Derrick Henry level frame there. Uh very unique. Uh not many running backs are that size. And with Zach Evans and Marquise Williams off to the portal, and Bryce Williams and Sean Taylor out of eligibility, Gophers clearly needed to add someone alongside Darius Taylor and Jordan Newbin. I think Howland's a really interesting guy. Um, I didn't see where he was ranked on uh, these portal rankings until after I did some research on him. And I honestly was a little surprised. Um, 
he was really solid in high school in uh, Joliet, Illinois. He had uh, he was like a all state level player, and then he had some really solid uh, FBS offers: Purdue, Nebraska, Iowa State, Indiana, and Minnesota. Minnesota offered him coming out of high school, and he decided to go to Indiana and redshirted as true freshman. 2022, he appeared in nine games, and he switched to linebacker midway through the year. Obviously, with that size, makes more sense. But then in 2023, he kind of got his first shot at playing the running back position at the end of the year. He had 70 yards in two of the last three games, 70-plus, and he had 75 carries for 352 and two touchdowns on the year. And uh, there are a few, I guess, analytical stats, if you want to call them that, that I was impressed by. He averaged 3.27 yards after contact per attempt, which is a really solid number. Um, he averaged 4.7 yards per carry. 8% of his runs went for 10-plus yards, and he had six missed tackles for So he's a pretty dynamic runner. Um, obviously a very different skill set to that of a Darius Taylor or Jordan Newbin, but a very interesting player to throw into the ba- that backfield. And I think he has the inside track to be RB2 next year uh, behind Taylor. And uh, he has two years of eligibility left, so you never know what's going to happen in the 2025 season. But could be with the program for two years. And I, I think he's a really, really nice add that um could could and will and probably should uh, contribute right away on this team next year. So right there now, the Gophers have added four players from the transfer portal. And uh, I don't necessarily expect them to be done. Seems like they want to add a wide receiver. Maybe another uh, defensive back, too. Uh, those are probably the most likely positions. And uh, it'll be interesting because I, I think this offseason is far from over. Like I said, early National Signing Day coming up. But it's a great first step for the Gophers, adding these four guys with Max Brosmer. And um, I, I think team building-wise, the Gophers have made the right decisions the last two years. Retaining all those players like I talked about last week was obviously massive and what's different this year compared to last year. Now the defensive coordinator position is what everyone's going to be focused on. But these four portal ads I think are really good and I think are a great step for this program. So I kind of threw another lot of information at you. There's a lot going on with the Gophers right now. Um, I think the last time I did this, maybe Tyrell Lawrence was the only guy to enter the portal for the Gophers. Uh, not a major loss, a uh, guy who really didn't see the field in four years, not a not an irreplaceable loss like uh, some other players could be. I'll just leave it at that. But, um, yeah, I think we'll wrap it up there. Uh, really busy Sunday, busy single day for the Gophers. Uh, and I appreciate you all for listening. Row the boat, Sky Uma, and go Gophers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.